Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no ads, no data selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated financial personal app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash leisure. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash leisure for your extended 30-day free trial. Earners, what's up? Look, this episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to NerdWallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your money. I can't front. The nerds have helped me get smarter about a few things, like planning my tax bills so that I don't dread April every year, or making a budget that's balanced, not just buying sneakers and fly clothes, or saving on travel because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night or maybe a five-star dinner. Or boosting my credit score, since we all know credit is like the real-life cheat code. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. You'll get the clarity you need to make smart decisions with confidence. Smart money is the smartest way to get even smarter about money. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you? Well, thank you. Earners, what's going on? Listen, EYLU is relaunching, revamping, retooling. That's right, we're creating a new educational experience that's more expensive. Shari, tell me what we got. Yes, 2023. We got a lot in store, a lot planned for you guys. So you know that EYLU already includes monthly financial planning calls with me, book club calls with Troy, real estate calls with MG the Mortgage Guy, access to the home buying blueprint, volume one and volume two. Part of the revamp will include 27 local chapters from across the United States, live interactive teaching, hands-on, not just pre-recorded videos, plus 15 brand new curriculums. The biggest just got bigger. Head over to EYLUniversity.com. That's EYL 
U-N-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y.com. See you there. All right, guys. Welcome back. Yes. E-Y-L. We're back home. So this is going to be an interesting, very dope conversation. Um, we've never talked to anybody in this realm nah. before. Um, and it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Indeed it is. For sure. And it's one of the fastest growing sports. It has been one of the fastest growing sports for a long time, especially ever since Little Wayne started. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Wayne. Shout out to I mean, there's some guys prior to that. Right. Tony Hawk. No, no, I'm saying mind. for our culture. Our culture, for sure. For sure. Yes. You, you ain't really see, like, uh, Mac Mayne has said that, like, you, like, he was like, yo. He did change that. We got in the hood in New Orleans, like, riding skateboards. Like, I've yeah. never seen that before. It was like Wayne, and right when Wayne was doing it, we had Lupe come in with the kick push. And Lupe, Lupe don't get a lot of credit, though. Yeah, he should, though. Sure. But he's not a skateboarder. He was. That whole song was about but it. He said that he actually, I, you probably know this. He might. He got pushed back from the skateboard community. Because oh, he wasn't. Because he wasn't a skateboarder. He's just a writer. And he, he yeah. wrote the song, but he's not like a passionate yeah. skateboarder, right? Yeah. Wayne caused some flashbacks, too. Shout out to Lupe, though, man. Stop. No, shout out to Lupe, for sure. <laughs> Lupe. I mean, for you sure. know what it was, too? Like, that song still introduced so many kids to the action sports culture. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so it still had a moment. But you guys forget in Skateboard P. So we can we we were getting there. <laughs> skateboard P, he is skateboard P. Don't forget Pharrell. Shout man. out to Skateboard Pharrell, P you know. for a reason. Played right. a part in the culture for sure. So Nigel Sylvester, uh, young legend in the game from Queens, and he's a professional BMX rider, um, and he's huge on social media, over five hundred thousand. He got endorsement deals from Nike, from Brand Jordan, yeah. um, from G Shock. Remember? Yeah, he's also that was crazy. He's also an entrepreneur, insane, bro. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's an entrepreneur um, and an ambassador for the skateboard culture, and he's some bicycle culture. Bicycle. bicycle culture. Yeah, you're not right. two. Well, he is two wheels. Two wheels. Yes. Not, not um, they, they're very. They're very. <laughs> I, I would say synonymous. like. I, I call it X Games, but I don't even want to like even. I don't know how you feel about that, like BMX athlete, or you just because I've heard it in plenty of things. It's like, yo, you're just a professional athlete. First no, and I'm foremost, a professional BMX athlete. Got you. First and foremost, you and the I mean? bike and the bike culture has also is interesting because, um, like you the pedal bike, but then you have like the Meek Mill situation, like Chino and those guys. Yeah, just, um, out in Philly and Baltimore, where they they turned up too, um, crazy. and they they. It was a whole different way. Like, I feel like growing up, basketball, football, for mm -hmm. black people, that's what you were looking at. Nobody was looking at alternative X games. As a career? As even something that was cool. I feel like when you, so like, I feel like bikes were a part of our, all of our lives, right? No, either, no, just either, riding a bike, but yeah, not saying, as right. like, but that's how it, it wasn't like right. you doing a sport out of it. No, nah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're not thinking like, I can do something No, like no, this. nobody ever yeah. thought about riding a bike or a skateboard or... None of that was looked at as cool. So, I mean, even like video games, like we used to play it, but we never thought like, how do we turn this into something? Looking no, for now. sure. Yeah. But then that changed. Yes. In the 2000s. And now it's just part of the fabric of culture. Like it don't even look, you yeah. don't even think about it. You see a skateboard park, you see a bike park, you see any of that type of vibe. You don't really even yeah. it's not a big deal yeah. but before it would be like yo what, what's he doing what is he, what, what's going on here like, if they were black you would be like well, why is he doing that like what is he doing so yeah thank you for joining us 
No, thanks. And, for and thank me. you for breaking that barrier. I appreciate it. For right. sure. Right. The last time that we were together was um in Paris. Right. Fashion week. <laughs> a great a, a great running. In a very <laughs> a very small club. She was hot in there. So yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, that was the last time we, we that was the first time we actually linked. Right. Yeah. And um I actually reached out to you on Instagram a couple years ago. I don't know oh, if I remember. Really? I was I like, yo, I want to get you on the show, bro. Yeah, I said, we said, I got the DM. That's 2020, yeah. December. Really? Yeah, yeah. The, during the um, pandemic? It was during the pandemic. We were watching your, your here, go right here. It was like, he pulled, gotta, it pulled it up. I pulled it up. I pulled it up because I figured <laughs> it was going to be. <laughs> it was like, hey, yo, lovely what you're doing. We'd love to connect. It was like, yeah, bro, yeah, bro. I was like, yo, what's your, what's your info? <laughs> Left us on scene. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> Uh, we didn't take it I'm personal. Sh- now we got caught up doing something, man. You know what I mean? A bunch of deals yeah, being done. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Listen, we were still working during during the pandemic, man. We had to figure out different ways to, happen, to, to, to still make things happen. Happens. Never personal. Yeah, we were like, when the time comes, right. it's going to be the right it time. Happens. So that's so, why we're here. But yeah, no, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you, dope, fellas, man. Dope uh, conversation I'm looking forward to having. So, Let's do it. All right. How do you get into riding bikes? <laughs> um, I think it's similar to what we just spoke about, right? Where, like riding bikes in the neighborhoods that we come from is just part of childhood, right? It's like a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. And then from there, for me, it was like, all right, well, how do I pop a wheelie or how do I do a bunny hop? And started making ramps and things of that nature, man. And that's when I fell in love with it. For you real. taught yourself? Um, A lot of it, yeah. A lot of it, yeah. It was just like- Trial and tra- error. Trial and error, man. Falling. Falling, breaking, breaking. scrapes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you just have, to, it's, it's like that, it's a typical learning curve. You know what yeah. I mean? So you, you're doing the ramps and you're riding just for fun. But at some point, and because like I know you're, you're born in the 80s, raised in the 90s, mm-hmm. but like X Games becomes a thing. Um, even like we got to give credit to like the Tony Hawk video games, like that brought people into the culture. At what point did you say like, all right, this is something I want to actually do for like a career? Um, I seen it on TV. Right. So you would see some of those, like those programmers, like X Games, things of that nature. And I seen guys riding BMX bicycles and they were dope kits, sponsored logos all over their helmets and like, their chest pads on their bikes or whatnot. And it was living like this BMX rock star lifestyle. And I was like, man, I want to do that. Like that looks dope. At that point in time, I was already in love with bicycle riding. You know, I mean, I was already doing my thing in the hood, try- trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But then I seen what the potential could be. And once I understood that, I was like, oh, no, I'm locked in. So well, at what point do you make this a career? Um, when I went pro. So at the age of 12 is when I started to, again, like really get into it, right? And identify this is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And from there, it was like every moment I had, like it was on my bicycle. I came home from school, dropped my bag, jumped on my bike, came home when like, when, like the lights turned on. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. my mom isn't wilding out. Uh, on the weekends, just wake up on... Saturday morning, early ride all day, Sunday ride all day. And then through that, right, I started to leave my neighborhood, go to the, go to like Manhattan or go to Brooklyn and things of that nature. On a bike? On a bike. Jump on a train, <laughs> go to wherever, you know what I mean? Just to explore New York City, kind of seeking out other kids who were riding BMX bikes. And as I met different kids and the information got exchanged, right? Whether it was like, oh, check out this magazine, or check out this tape, or check out, or check out this DVD, whatever the case is. Started to learn more about, okay, this is the path that I needed to take in order to turn pro. Um, and putting myself in like the right position, 
the time that went into like but what is the process what, what's the process to even turn pro like is there a tryout right do you have to get accepted into like how does that even because we know how to turn pro in basketball right. football but i don't know how to I, i'm assuming most people don't know how to turn pro in right. your sport so unlike basketball and football right where like you go to high school and then you go to college and then you mm -hmm. enter the drive with bmx is different right it's 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 like the brands the bike brands turn guys pro you know so it's about again meeting like the right people meeting like, like the the team managers mm -hmm. or meeting the company owners or like the high level guys on those BMX teams. And it's like word of mouth, right? Where it's like, if you dope and you're killing it and like they catch wind of you and y'all vibe and y'all click, like they're going to put the word in for you. So or it's like, like a sponsorship. Yeah. As soon as you start making yeah. money, you're a pro. Basically. Yeah, it's yeah. not like a, you don't sign a contract to get into a league. Nah. It's just like. It's no league. You like, you sign a contract, you sign up a professional contract. Yeah with said brand, right? Like the brand turns you pro, like the brand says, okay, now you're a professional BMX athlete. So this is like 2005, you're 18. Yeah. Right? So this is YouTube. 2005, 2005, yeah, 2005, yeah, yeah. I did the math, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, there's a couple of things to unpack there, right? Mm -hmm. Number one, when we think of athlete, we think basketball, we think football players, we cater around them, we make sure that they make it out the neighborhood. Right. I wonder what, what that was like, and I'm kind of hearing it because you had to travel outside the neighborhood to find mm -hmm. people that were doing something similar. Right. But how do you get notoriety? Because this is before social media. Right. There's no Instagram. F Facebook is just starting on college campuses around mm -hmm. this time. And YouTube isn't really something that people are watching. So how do you, how do the brands even find you? I mean, so like, again, like it's being in the right place at the right time. You know what I mean? Um, also, people make sponsor me tapes. So like, you'll film yourself <laughs> and you'll send it to the brand. You know what I mean? And like, if they if they like what you do, they may hit you back. Like they may send you some product. If not, it's, it's crickets. You know what I mean? But a lot of times it's, it's that. It's also going to certain BMS competitions, right? And like, again, showing off your talent, right? So there were like some local contests in, in New York that I went to, to just to get that exposure. Because at, at that point in time, the main media in BMX was either the magazines or the videos. Like the videos came out once every few months, what the case may be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so it was difficult. It was difficult to get that exposure, man. So I'm thinking like, this is like N1 mixtape. Yeah. You're making a, you're making a mixtape. Yeah, man. That's, that was exactly what it's like, bro. Like <laughs> N1 mixtape, man. So who was the first company that sponsored you? Um, there was a brand in New York called Base Brooklyn. It's a t-shirt brand. And it was like sponsor guys, take guys on like BMX trips, you know what I mean? Which was a big thing at that point in time for someone to pay for you to go ride your bike in another state, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, so like they like they were first, and then shortly after, there's a company called Animal Bikes, and they started flowing me product, right? So how it works in BMX is like you get flow, which is like just free product, then you're an amateur rider, you know what I mean? Where you can get a little more product, a little more love, and then it's pro, and then you get money. Then you get money at the pro level. Like as the first compensation, how much money did you make when you first like the first deal? <laughs> it was, it was like, it was like like few hundred bucks, man. Hundred, few hundred, few hundred bucks at, at that point in time. Damn, you know what I mean, and how long was that for? Um, for a year or so. You a know, few hundred like, bucks for a year. Yeah, and like, like until I turned pro for real. Like uh -huh. when I turned pro, then it changed yeah. completely. Once some amateur stuff, like like with the pro. Well, how much was the when you first turned pro? I'd rather not speak about that. <laughs> right now, right. So let's talk about the Dave Mirror. Right. This is a legend. 
Super legend. At at that point in your career, like you're 18, this is one of the guys you're looking up to, saying like, I hope they they, they see what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I hope they can see my talent to the point where it's like, all right, he's looking to sign me. Like, how did that meeting take place? For sure. Um, so at that point in time, we were filming for a video called uh, Flipside. And the premise of the video was it would take four up-and-coming BMX athletes. I wasn't even pro yet, so amateur. And they would take four pro guys and kind of put each other in each other's worlds. You know what I mean? So, so like we went down to North Carolina and we met Dave Mary and got to understand his world a little bit more. Went to his private facility, mm-hmm. went to his crib, got to see how he was living. It was super inspiring. And at that point, he was looking um, to sign riders. He had just started a company called Miracle Bikes. He was looking to start riders, to sign some riders. And he signed me as the second rider to his team. And that's when like life changed. I like I went I went pro at that point in time. Smart decision by him. Not hundred percent, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a great decision. Great investment. But but for, like those who don't know who Dave Mirror is, I would compare I would compare Dave Mirror to like the Michael Jordan of BMX. I mean, he was that influential. He changed the game. He set the tone. Like super successful within the game, man. Um, and for to have someone like him sign me, I was. Yeah, I had just turned 18. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still trying to figure a lot of things out. And he gave me that shot. You know, I'm forever grateful. So you never competed in X Games, right? Is that correct? Um, on, like, the pro level? Like, so there was once or twice, I think it was twice, I went, um, I went to Brazil one time and I went to Dubai. But at that point, I was already establishing my career. And I didn't really care about riding X Games. I went just to travel. I wanted to go see what Brazil was like. I wanted to see what like, what Dubai was like. For me, like competing was never important. You yeah. know, like I didn't I didn't have to compete to turn pro. And then and in my circle, we didn't really care about that. We we more cared about going out and filming content. So I just want to deep dive into that for a little of bit course. because most people in most sports, it's a their goal is to win. Right. Win a gold medal, win mm. a championship, win whatever, right? Like that's part of it. But you're saying like you never really cared about competition. Your your thing was you're going viral, you're making you making right. a name for yourself, you're getting sponsorships, and you just curating your own vibe. You never right. cared about the actual competing in the sport, right? Correct. Why why that's interesting for right. us from a sports standpoint. Like why? So you, so you have to break it down like this, right? When it comes to action sports, like there's two different ways to go pro, mm-hmm. right? A lot of guys would go and take that competition circuit and, and and do that and like that that contest series will help define those guys turning pro. There's other guys who just free ride will go out and just create a video part. And I will come I will compare a video part to like a musician's album, right? Where like you'll take, let's call it a year out, and you'll go film your best stuff, right? And that takes time to do that, right? It's a piece of art in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then you put that up, right? And and a lot of guys go pro that way. And that was the way I went pro. It was more about free riding and creating video parts and creating content, you know? And because that was my route and I achieved so much success from that route, I never cared about the competition. competition so it's about expression, not competition. Right. You never, you never look at you, you never look at somebody like I'm better than him or I, mm-hmm. I could do this or I want to battle him in this. You never look at it like this. I mean, like it's 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 always gonna be that, right? Because like with like as as BMX riders, like I feel like we're always chasing that 
like that next trick that's never been done before. Mm. You know what I mean? And like, that's the way that you really get your rocks off. You feel me? Yeah. So it was always that for me. You know what I mean? Like I, like I knew where I stood amongst my peers in, in, the, in the world of BMX. And then there was a part that was like, okay, how, how far can I take it going this route? Can I actually break the mold? Mm-hmm. And that's what I ended up doing. You know, I, I proved that you don't need a contest to become successful in the world of BMX. Yeah. You know, and, and I started to chase that. And that's what became more like enticing for me. You know? That's interesting. So rather than a contest, you focus on the content. Right. So how did you, because now you're professional, mm-hmm. how do you build a team around you that's capturing the content? Because like to do a trick, it might take you, like you might be practicing that thing for 11 hours straight and right. somebody has to capture that mm-hmm. for 11 hours straight perhaps. Sure. So how, how did you go about doing that? Because that could get pricey. 100%, man. Um, so... A lot of times, like the companies I was sponsored by, they'll pay for the filmers, they'll pay for the photographers. You know, um, there's, there's certain situations where guys who were creating different video projects, they'll go out and film with a bunch of different guys and then they'll sell that video project. So that's, that's, that's how they got paid. You know what I mean? So it's a bunch of different ways of how it worked. And when I started to make enough money, I started to pay for my own guys to film me. Mm. Like as simple as that. How, how long is a typical filming for you? It's depending on what you're filming. You know, it's 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 always different, bro. Like we spoke about earlier about time, like the time that has gone into my career is crazy, right? There's certain tricks that I've chased for months, <laughs> you know what I mean? Flying back and forth between New York and LA or going to like certain places around the world to land one trick because it meant that much to me. Cause I know like if I land this this trick and I put it in this video, it's going out of here. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, so that's the thing people don't really understand is like, a lot of times you guys see the end result, but there's a lot of energy that goes into capturing these moments, you know? 10,000 hours. Man, so listen. What about <laughs> the, Go, the Go video series? Right. On YouTube, mm-hmm. um, where you ride in, in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that, the inspiration, putting that together, and how that all came about. For sure. So um, I was at a point in my life where I wanted to create a video platform that I control 110%, right? I didn't want a brand telling me what to do, telling me how to do it. And I also wanted to answer a couple of questions, right? People would always ask me, how does it feel to ride your bike, right? When you're in traffic or you're traveling the world and people are like, you're hanging out with. So I was like, well, how do I answer these questions, but also again, create something that I own completely and but also do it in a way that's creative, something that's progressive, something that people have like aren't seeing online right now. And between figuring out that process, we started the Ghost Series and we filmed the first one in New York on a shoestring budget. We probably had a couple thousand dollars to do it. You know, um, it was my creative partner, Harrison Boyce and I. We took the entire summer of 2015 to shoot it. And at the end of that summer, we had an amazing piece of content. We had this four minute video that in our opinion was something again people have never seen before you know for everything from how we shot it we shot it like the pov standpoint mm-hmm. so you can see what it's like to be on my bike when i'm going up traffic the wrong way or when i'm jumping down the staircase um leaned on a, a bunch of my friends right we had like victor cruz in there and we had like asap ferg and um a bunch of people were, were like cameoed in the video these are my guys right um and we said cool like how are we gonna put this out so we went to youtube 
right? Again, a platform that we can control. And we put it out with no real expectation. We just wanted to share the piece of content. And that video went viral in a matter of days. Was that your first YouTube video? Um, no, I did other videos you before tried, that. But that was the first of that series. Yeah, it was the first one of, of that series. And man, like it went crazy, bro. People from all around the world were hitting, hitting me up. Like, can we like post a video? To, like, tell us more. Can we, interv- can, can we interview you? And it was so much that I learned within that process, man. It was, it was one, like taking the control into my own hands. It was two, being fearless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like being fearless on my bicycle was a natural thing. But now I transitioned that, that like fearlessness into what I was creating as well, you know, and just believing in myself, you know, believing in what, what, what we created. Yeah. And, and then the power of the internet did what the internet did, man. And after that, Go New York video went viral, man. Like it, it just created this ripple effect, right? Where like people started to look at my brand differently. You, you talked about some of the, the people that that were in that made cameos in it. Yeah, we always talk about relationships and how you know they're they're more valuable than money. Mm-hmm. Were you nurturing those relationships prior to to making the video? Or pri- like, how did people gravitate towards you being in the BMX world? Like, I always see you with. There's not, I, I can't think of somebody who you haven't been standing next to. <laughs> right. But are people just looking like, yo, that's the guy from the BMX video or are, are you introducing to them? How, how do you nurture relationships as you're building that brand? I mean, it's, well, first it's, in regards to that video in itself, it's, it's New York City, right? I'm a New York City kid. I'm outside yeah. all the time. So you speak of like even Ferg and Vic, right? Like I've known these guys for years prior to that video. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Ferg actually cameoed in a video I did maybe four years prior to that because Ferg actually rides bikes and whatnot, right. you know? Um, and Vic, we run like, like the same circles and whatnot. Um, so when it came to the time of doing that first Go New York video, it's like, yo, I'm doing this video. I need y'all to be in it. And it was like, cool, no doubt. Tell us where to show up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was love because they had, because we already had a respect for for, for uh, one another. To, answer, to to go back to the main question though, as far as like relationships, I mean, relationships are, are everything, you know? And, I feel like throughout my career, I've done an incredible job of fostering like real relationships with people. It's not just a transactional thing, you know, like it's actually like, yo, I'm invested into what you're doing and you're invested into what I'm doing and we actually cool and we can create together. And I feel a lot of times people think it's like, like the, like networking is just about meeting someone and like having that transaction. It's mm-hmm. more than that for me. You know what I mean? I actually want to like, again, like, let's be bros, <laughs> you know? So, just stay on this topic, we'll go. So you, you did, it goes viral, but then you start to take this on the road and right. you go to London and mm-hmm. Dubai and Tokyo. Right. So the travel aspect is interesting because that's why I always, like, I think, um, like Anthony Bourdain, rest in peace, mm-hmm. he had an interesting thing because most people look at it like a food show, but it's really mm-hmm. a travel show mixed with food. People love to travel. Right. And... So when did you decide to make it a, a travel show and highlight different cities while you're doing bike tricks? Um, so the original idea was always to take it around the world. So I'm not going to name the, the brand, but I had pitched the uh, idea to a brand. It's like, listen, I need $300,000 to like do this video where I ride my bicycle around the world, all in like, quote unquote, one setting, you know? And they were like, nah, we, we don't believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> so when we did go to New York, 
that was really just a pilot to show them that the idea can work. Mm -hmm. But the success of going to Europe, I was like, okay, let's not do this in one video. Let's break it down into segments. So we so then we did LA, then we did Tokyo, and now each city became its own thing. You know, um, and then like again, like the ghost of Rama Bike around the world. So at the end of season one, we have one more episode we're gonna do. If you put all the videos together, I'm starting in New York and I go around the world, west to east. So like that was the original idea of it. So it's mm -hmm. always the travel part was always there. I've already been traveling around and the world. That were point. you capturing audiences when you were going to different places? Um, we would we we would touch down in said city and connect with the people who were moving and shaking in that city. And when we put the video out, and like that city seen it, it was like, oh, I've now garnered a new audience in like in that city based off the video. Mm -hmm. You know, because like they see me capture the true essence of that city, all the right people, the right places, doing the right things. Um, again, it was a very special um, experience doing it. Right, we always say there's a certain magic that that kind of surrounds the ghost series and like when we're filming it, because things just happen to work out, yeah. you know? When, when, you're, when you're doing that, um, when you have the idea, and I'm sure there's, there's, there's writers right now that have the idea, mm. what's the process of negotiating the budget or the amount that of the sponsorship you believe the value is worth, right? Because I'm, I'm sure there's times where you've been in meetings and people probably undervalued your worth, yeah, right? So how do you capture like your true value inside of the space and say, all right, this is what we're worth. Take it or leave it. If, if you can't rock with us, we'll move somewhere else. Um, a lot of times it's based off the numbers, you know, um, those YouTube numbers don't lie. Like they're, they're right up there, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, there's, and there's certain things that are like those intangibles, right? Where you can't put a dollar amount on it. You have to just believe that I'm going to go and deliver what it is that I said I'm going to deliver. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like, we speak about the time that's going into my career. We speak about the longevity, right? Like I've been doing this for a long time and year after year putting out hits, whether it's a content series, whether it's a sneaker, you know what I mean? Whether it's a t-shirt, whether it's a book, whatever the case may be, you know what I mean? Like those things start to justify the worth and the value of the things that I'm touching. Mm. So let's go to 2018. 2018, that was an amazing year. <laughs> I'd say that was an amazing year for me, man. If people didn't know who you were, 2018 is like, uh, welcome to the world. You right. get the, how did the, the collaboration, I'm saying 2018 is because when the, the Jordan 1 right. uh, came out, how did that collaboration come about? Was it the, the buzz had built up to the point where now you're on the radar for, for Jordan brand? Right. Um, so, so it's crazy, right? So like we speak about 20, like 2015 when the Ghost series launched, right? But if you think about the beginning of my career, right? From 2005, 2006 up to 2015, that's a lot of time mm -hmm. and a lot of energy and trial and error that, like, that went into even getting to the Ghost series in, in, in 2015, right? And then from 2015 to 2018, putting out again, more content, putting out different projects that twenty that 2018 came around. And yeah, like the success that I have garnered in my career from the beginning to that point, um, I was already sponsored by Nike for all those years, right? We did multiple shoes. We did a, a Nike 6.0. We did a Nike Dunk at, 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 at that point in time. And we had success with those shoes. Mm -hmm. Those led into 
um, me get an opportunity to do a Jordan 1 in 2018. And I did an Air Force 1 in 2018 as well, you know, that came out a month later. Mm. And they both sold out in a matter of like, I mean, like the Jordan 1 sold out in one day, the Air Force 1 took two. Might have been less than a day, probably like an hour. <laughs> yeah, it was gone, bro. But, and, and it was so crazy because we had did, we had did an early release in New York, right? So we did, um, we did a release at KIF. Yep. In the morning time. Then we did a release at RSVP Gallery in LA later that night. So we did two cities, same day, which I was in both cities for it. Joints were gone in a matter of minutes. And then the official release was September 1st of 2018. And I was like, man, I want to go overseas, right? I want to go to Europe and and and, and do signings and, and do a release. So we did we did one in Paris and then no, we did two in Paris, and we did one um shoe signing in Amsterdam. And I remember landing in Paris super early. I think we landed at like 5 a.m. or something like that. So we were in Center City at 6 a.m. And there was a line of kids, about 100 kids outside the Nike store waiting for this shoe at 6 in the morning. You know what I mean? Like that is a true indicator of my global relevance at, at that point in time. And also to also a sign of like we've created a shoe that people around the world can relate to. You know what I mean? The fact that this was the first kind of BMX inspired Jordan 1, mm -hmm. right? The first time we've seen a Jordan 1 distressed, like being released as a brand new shoe. It was, it was a huge moment for me, man. Huge moment. So are you the are you the biggest in the game? 100%. Whoa, whoa. 1,000. <laughs> 100%, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I mean. No hesitation. No, let me ask a question. Yeah, go ahead. So the sneaker collaboration, right? Right. Um, when you when you're marketing this, are you in communication with Nike to say like this is how I want the vibe to be curated and this is kind of in line with my brand or are they leading the conversation? How is that working with you know one of the largest companies in the world? Um, it's a collaborative effort, especially for me, right? Like any anything you see me put out, this is more than likely that I've been involved with the process from inception to release and everything in between. You know what I mean? I'm super particular and hands-on because I want to make sure that my vision is is like it comes across and it gets expressed the right way. And something else I want to credit Nike for, man. Again, like I signed with Nike early on in my career, right? It's like it was my second professional sponsor. And going up to Portland and sitting in these rooms, right? Sitting in these boardrooms, sitting in these marketing meetings, these de like design sessions. I learned so much about the business side of what happens, right? What's like, some of the things you learn? Man, um, marketing, right? Like how to storytell, right? Like how to like storytell against a product, mm -hmm. you know? Um, how to communicate, <laughs> you know? Like even you know, some of these meetings, like it's a different language that's that's, that's being spoken, you know? Um, learning about colors and materials and again, like how to like push these, like, these products to marketplace also the importance of the why mm -hmm. like why are we doing this thing right now a lot of times people do shit but why are you doing it you know um it was all those things i learned at nike coming up in the game right at a very young age and i started to apply those things to my business to my content to how i'm rolling out videos and whatnot you know mm -hmm. what i mean like and i feel like that's why a lot of what i was doing early on and even now it looked way different than a lot of other action sports athletes, probably all of them, because I was coming from a different place. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like my, like my influences were way different at, at early on in my career.
Yeah, I, I, I wonder now, and maybe it's, it's true, like, was that on the vision board? Because I know you like to ride in everything, right? But I remember, like, even, like, the X Games, it would, like, they had the air walks. <laughs> right. And then uh, the dunks became something. Mm-hmm. Paul Rodriguez, he got a right. shoe off of that. Right. Are you, on the vision board, are you drawing, like, you know what? I'm assuming maybe the Jordan 1 is your favorite shoe. 100%. I want to, that's what I want to create. I love to ride in that. I'm going to create that one. Yeah, it was it was a natural progression because for a minute I was only riding in dunks, and then and then we did the um, the the song, which was like my first dunk I ever designed yeah. with um, DJ Clark Kent, which was a crazy moment for legend. me. Legend, super legend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> crazy. Um, we we did that, and then I naturally progressed into starting to wear Jordan ones to ride in, and I just started riding in everything. And people started to like notice it and like, and it was kind of this thing that was part of my brand was like, what Jordan wants or what crazy ass sneakers you gonna ride in next? And so like when the opportunity came about to do like the Jordan one, it was like, it was a no brainer. Yeah, it was cringeworthy. I'm be honest with you. Watching you ride in some of these sneakers that most people can't get their hands on. Right, right. I'm just like, but I'm thinking even now from when you said marketing, like Nike, the fact that they signed you at an early age, right, right. They're probably watching the transition from, yeah, we have the Air Force One, which is a great shoe. Adidas comes through with that NM- NMD mm. in like 2012. Kanye's over at, at, at um, Adidas as well at the time. They're trying to figure out what the competitor is going to be. You're already wearing dunks. Right. Let's put the focus on it. Was, was that like part of the, the plan, do you think? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe someone over there thought about it, you yeah. know, because like at, at, at that point in time, I was also signed to Nike SB. So oh. the dunk was just a shoe that I was just That's naturally big. wearing, yeah, yeah, yeah. regardless. You know what I mean? And, and I, th- I think the other part of it too that people may not know is that I've been signed to multiple um, categories of Nike. You know, like I came in under Nike 6.0, and then that turned into Nike Flag, mm-hmm. and then, well, me personally, like I got signed over to Nike SB, and then I got signed to like just a Nike, a general Nike athlete, like a cross category, mm-hmm. and then now I'm with Jordan Brand. So um, let's talk about your involvement in Brooklyn Machine Works. Right. Um, so that's totally different from what we just talked about as far right. as apparel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. How did you get involved in that? And um, what does that look like? Right. Um, so I was riding on Miracle Bikes underneath. Like, um, I was riding for Miracle Bikes and the opportunity to ride for Brooklyn Machine Works came about. And what is Brooklyn Machine Works? So Brooklyn Machine Works is a bike brand um, that makes like bicycles and Pharrell was part owner. And at that point in time, like Pharrell and I were building, just working on a different bunch of different ideas. So I signed over to Brooklyn Machine Works, which was a big decision, right? To leave Miracle Bikes, you know what I mean? Like talking about Dave Mirror, like came, one, came of the greatest, yeah. <laughs> one of the greatest ever do it. Like this amazing bike brand, they're selling bikes all around the world to sign to a way smaller label. You know, but I believed in what they were doing. Um, again, like I believed in what like the, like the vision that Pharrell and Joe had for it. So I signed over there. Um, it didn't work out, and it's just part of the nature of the game. Mm-hmm. And now I'm signed with Specialized Bikes. Specialized Bikes. You know what I mean? So I've been over there for like three years. And it's been dope. So being signed with a bike, that's like, what does that actually mean? You're signed with them? Like you only can ride their bike? Yeah. They pay you, they're like your endorser, mm. and you're like their brand ambassador. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I can only ride specialized bikes. Can't ride another bike. Can't ride another bike. That's it. 
what I want to right now, though. <laughs> do it. You know so do, you, do, do you have your own bike that you design that the general public can actually purchase, or how does that work? Working on that right now. Uh, Working on that right <laughs> now, man. Coming soon. Let's talk about where that bike can go. <laughs> because, what you mean? I mean, let, let's talk about the, the uh, Ramoa. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Case. Oh, you mean what you can put it in? I mean... <laughs> When I saw this, 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 again, with the brand partnerships, this makes a lot of sense. You travel a lot. And if right. you travel, where does your bike go when you fly? Exactly. And so how did that come about? Because <laughs> when I saw this, I'm like, we just got one in the mail. Like, oh, we, so, yeah, uh, uh, a brand that we were working with sent us over. I'm like, yo, this guy has a suitcase that just holds his bike. Yeah, man. <laughs> How'd that come about, man? It's levels to this shit, bro. You feel me? So, <laughs> <Like>, you know, <laughs> so you know, like, I'm doing things. Um, no, but I've been, I've been working with the, um, with Remova for a few years now. You yeah. know, they, they show love. They send product. They got something going on. They'll hit me up. Um, with like a friend of the brand and opportunity came to do a collaboration with them. And I was like, well, we got to do a bike case, <laughs> you know, for like for years, I've been traveling with my bike in a golf bag. Right, like a, a travel golf bag, which is not made for my bike, but it fits in there. Yeah, you gotta take it apart. Take take, take it apart. Yeah. put it in the bag. It's padded, so it's cool. But I was like, man, like let's create a product that kind of solves. That's not solves, but it's a, it's a solution for when I'm traveling with my bicycle. Let's make it with my bike and my needs in mind. So I'm um, started working on the project last year. And uh, we released it a few months ago, and it was super dope, man. Like, people know Remova for being this very elite luxury travel brand, you know? So to see them step outside of the box and do something completely different. Um, but it makes sense, though, because I use their product, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. um, but it was just dope, man. It, it was definitely one of those things where it was the highlight of the year for me thus far, you know? So outside of this. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's um, a big moment right here, man. Like <laughs> leveraging leveraging social media mm -hmm. extremely important. You have five hundred, like I said, five hundred and two um Instagram followers, five hundred and two thousand Instagram followers, and then you know, you're on YouTube and everything like that. Right. How do you curate how you want to be perceived on social media? Do you do your own social media? What's your strategy for marketing yourself online? Like, as an athlete, this is things that, you know, pr previous generation didn't have to worry about. Like, Michael Jordan <laughs> didn't have to worry about right. Twitter <laughs> At or, <all. laughs> you know what I'm saying? or TikTok or Instagram. And this is just like kind of a new phenomenon. Right. And some people have really benefited from it and able to, you know, get themselves into, you know, become household names because of it. And some people still kind of struggle with it. They don't really know how to, mm -hmm. how to handle it. Um, so yeah, how have you navigated the world of social media? Um, I have a love-hate relationship with social media, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I mean, I love it more than I hate it. But um, but no, man, like for me, again, like we spoke about earlier, right? Content and filming myself was always something I did, mm -hmm. right? So if you think about it, right? Like filming myself as a kid was super important because it's the first time I actually seen myself ride. 
Mm. You know, like prior to that, I didn't see myself rise. So coming up in a, in a game where like we're filming every single day, when we had social media, it was like this amazing luxury now. Because now we can take all this stuff that we're filming and share it, you know? Um, and I'm super particular, again, how I, like what I post, why I, like why I post it. You know, I'm not just posting anything and everything. Everything for me is about telling the story, you know, and, and, and understanding what my audience want to see, what they don't want to see, you know, um, things I can use to grow my audience. And as far as like a strategy, man, it's, again, it's just about being authentically myself. You know what I mean? Never going outside my box or, or trying to do something that's like not me. You know what I mean? I'm never, also never being afraid to experiment, but making sure that it's true to my DNA. So that's how I approach social media. This is um, something that, that we've, you know, been very cognizant about, and that's expanding the brand outside of the box that they try to put you in. Yeah. Right? So we obviously do financial education. We're in the world of business, but we have other things that we aspire to do, right? Fashion, mm-hmm. food, travel. I feel like you're on, on that similar path, right? I've mm-hmm. I seen you in Esquire. Yeah. The people are actually following your your journey in, uh, in, in fashion. We met in Paris. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it was Paris Fashion, fashion Week. week yeah. So... Talk about that part of it, because it's not just, hey, I'm the a BMX athlete. There's yeah. some other things that I, I want to uh, explore professionally as well. Of course, man. Like, those things are super important to me. You know what I mean? Like, at this point, like, bike riding is always going to be the core of what I do, but I have other interests. You know what I mean? Like, fashion being a big one of those things, right? And how I'm showing up in the, in the fashion space, you know, especially coming from the lens of a BMX athlete. You know, we think about, like, travel and how that's a big part of what I do. Mm-hmm. Design, you know, like designing products, right? We design sneakers, the remote case, clothing, like mm-hmm. all the, the different things. Um, and then like, to think about financial literacy, right? My foundation, not just Vesta Foundation. We just like, we've launched a financial literacy program with Chase Bank and in, uh, in one of the high schools in Queens like in the month of April, mm-hmm. which is super dope. So all these things are, are very important to me. And the natural extensions of my brand, and I'm using my social media platform platforms to share how I'm partaking in, in these things, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 telling stories right through like these different lenses. Um, but but it's dope though, like to have to have that freedom to be able to do other things. You know, it kind of I kind of look at it now where it's like there's this new age athlete that is killing it within their sport, but also outside of this sport, you know? So I've seen certain athletes and we've, we all have certain athletes that kill it on the field or on the court, but also off the field, off the court, you know, like the Michael Jordan, the Deion Sanders, the Serena Williams, like LeBron James. Mm-hmm. So for me, I look at that was like, well, I also want to be a killer on my bike. I'm going to go out and do my thing and always keep that pure. But when I'm not on my bike, what am I doing? How am I continuing my storytelling? How am I continuing to build my brand when I'm not, physically two hands on the handlebars, two feet on the pedals. So yeah. the financial literacy program, let's talk about that. Right. Um, how did the collaboration come about, Chase, and what has been your journey in, you know, financial literacy and, and becoming more astute? Um, so in twenty twenty one, we launched my foundation and I was inspired to launch it because like, man, like how do I continue to give back to children and communities in need through bicycle riding? You know, and we launched it. We, we actually announced it on, on Good Morning America, which was amazing. We brought out like 15 kids, surprised them with bikes. We shut down Times Square. 
amazing moment. And as we started to do more and more with the foundation, I was like, man, well, how do we, again, support these, like, these kids in these communities beyond just making them mobile, giving them bicycles, teaching them about bicycle riding? What's also important that kids aren't necessarily learning in school, you know, or may have a hard time learning at home because no one at home is there teaching them that or they may not be aware of it. So financial literacy became a goal. And um, happened to, to connect with Chase. It was literally, I was just in the right place at the right time. Were you personally always financially literate or did you have to learn about finance? I had to learn as well. <laughs> like, what was your, had to learn. What was your journey in learning? Did you make mistakes? Like, you know, yes, what was your journey? For sure. in, First like check, what well, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we bought jeans. <laughs> A lot of jeans. Nah, man. Um, I didn't I didn't really start to get hip until uh, about how to um really take control of my financial freedom and, and my assets until I got a proper financial advisor. You know what I mean? Like prior to that, I, I would save, but I wasn't saving in the way that I needed to be saving. I wasn't investing in the way I needed to be investing. And I was very fortunate that early on in my career, um, one of the team managers that I, at a brand I was riding for was like, yo, let me introduce you to a financial advisor. And started to teach me about how like money works and these different things. And that was one of the best things that could ever happen to me. You know, we hear so many athletes young, I started mm-hmm. making money and you blowing it crazy like you're doing like whatever it is yeah. you know what i mean so um to not fall into that was 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 definitely a blessing you said something um very important earlier that when you were recording the content was the first time that you were seeing yourself ride yeah it's kind of like a double entendre right like the first time you're seeing yourself but like there's not anybody that looks like you doing this right first generation yeah family's from grenada correct yep there's a lot, I mean, it's West Indians, man. We're not as <laughs> old, man. That's not the traditional route that they're seeing as a professional career. Talk about that, the representation that or responsibility that you feel as being the biggest in your mm-hmm. sport, but also being the representation for the kids that look like you. So there were there were other kids that rode in my neighborhood of Laurelton, right? That also was first generation and they did their things, but a lot of those kids fell off, like as they got driver's license, got a little older, it was like, this ain't going nowhere, mm-hmm. which is completely understandable. Um, and when I started to, again, like travel around New York City, I met other kids who came from similar situations, right? First generation, whether it was parents from DR or Jamaica, whatever the case may be. So there was a pocket of us, mm-hmm. right? It was just, when you think about BMX riding on a professional level and action sports on a professional level, there's not many of us, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I definitely went through those times where it was like, man, like there's a lot of friction, you know what I mean? The fact that I was a black, but that I am a black BMX athlete, you know what I mean? I dealt with those things within the industry, you know what I mean? People hating on me or, or people saying crazy whatever, you know what I mean? Like, or even when I'm doing certain projects, certain things and I'm using rap music or I'm, or I'm, I'm literally just telling stories or, or I'm, I'm a reflection of what I what I've seen coming up and people within the industry not understanding it you know like that was just part of it and I and I do feel that now like I do have this responsibility to represent for us you know and like there's a there's a kid there's a young black kid someone in the world right now that's watching what I'm doing that wants to be the next professional BMX athlete you know what I mean? And I feel part of what I'm doing now was opening doors for that kid the same way that athletes prior to me opened a door for me. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of just, just, just like the way the circle of life works. 
So you, know you said mean? like you felt racism. 100%. Was that from your counterparts or from corporate or from all of the above? Um, it was definitely from certain counterparts, certain people within like the industry. And just being a black man in general, moving around the world. Mm -hmm. Like when I was leaving Paris like a couple weeks ago, man, like I went to the airport and I felt it. You know what I mean? And that didn't feel good at all. Like, but it's just like people again, looking, put looking at you. Nah, like they put me through this crazy security check for oh. no reason. Mm. <laughs> it was like, it was wild, bro. You know, and I've I've been traveling around the world since I was eighteen. So I've been on a lot of planes, a lot of airports around the world. This was overboard. Check all you know through I mean? my bag. And, Tell me that. And right. I and and I felt it. You know, yeah, this is the airport, right? There's mm -hmm. gonna be certain security measures. But this, it felt like it had like that, it had like that yuck on it. It was like, oh yeah, you're doing this because of my skin tone, because mm -hmm. I'm well dressed, got my watch on, you know what I mean? Like it was just it was one of those type of situations. So you think that that's like you obviously have done good in sponsorships, but do you think that you would have more sponsorships if you if you were white? How, do you think that you got like has that affected your brand partnerships and different things and opportunities that have come? You think you'll have more opportunities if you're white? I couldn't necessarily say that. Because I mean, like when I look at what I've created for myself, you know what I mean? What I've been blessed with, man. Like I literally work with the best brands in the world, you know? So I couldn't say like, I couldn't answer that, honestly. You know what I mean? Do, um, you, do you at some point, right? I'm going back to like when you got signed at 18, at some point, do you find see yourself being the organization or the company or enterprise that starts to sign young BMX riders, right? And giving them the opportunity, especially the ones that look like you, based on some of the things that you said that you face coming up and still face now. Of course. I mean, like, I've been helping young kids, young like young kids who ride BMX for years. It's not something that I'm gonna publicize like that. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it from my heart. I actually wanna do it. I wanna see kids find success and find a way out through bicycle riding, you know? Um, and I have a brand, the Go brand, where like we're starting to sign guys underneath that label and help them out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like help them avoid some of those pitfalls or some of those setbacks that I had to deal with when I was when I was coming up. Again, I just think that's super important. So how has like you've been in it for a long time, right? What's your perception on how the sport and the culture has evolved over the last 10, 15 years? I think it's to like the point you made earlier, right? Where like you look at the fabric of culture and you see BMX riding, skateboarding, action sports, and it's just part of it now. It just makes sense, mm -hmm. right? Like you see music videos and like there's bikes in there or there's kids skateboarding in there. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot of the clothes that's inspired by action sports culture, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I just think like it, it goes hand in hand. Like you look at streetwear, right? Some of the biggest streetwear brands are action sports kids who like rode bikes and skateboarded. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. now we see like everyone rocking those brands. Like Supreme, for example, is one of the biggest. It's one yeah. of the biggest. Well, you know? I was going to ask you about the fashion. Okay. Because Jim Jones played a part in this. We forgot about him. He didn't ride bikes or he didn't ride, um, but he dressed like a skateboarder. And <laughs> Him said they was wearing those chains with the jeans. Chain oh, the biker chains. Nobody was doing that. And um, that actually impacted, I think, how people viewed the sport as well. Because like you said, Supreme and a bunch of other things. Right. Like it, it became cool to dress like a skateboarder or to dress like a biker. 
Um, and once fa- fashion is a, is a very important part. Once yeah. fashion starts to be accepted, mm. then culture starts to be, it's like African culture now, right? Mm. Now, once the culture and people start to actually, they want to dress like in the traditional garbs. Yeah. Now that actually makes the culture just more acceptable. Now people want to travel there because of the fashion is kind of leading the way. So hip hop culture, what's your thoughts on, on that aspect as far as, you know, hip hop culture blending with it and, and the fashion kind of helping to transition awareness to what you guys had going on? I love it. It's the reason why, right? Like a lot of the videos that we put out, right? The majority of them we using these like rap music, hip hop mm-hmm. music. You know, um, and shout out to Jimmy, right? It's funny you say that because he hit me the other day. He was like, "Yo, I, ride, I used to ride bikes." <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> who knows? We were at we were at this uh, we were at this uh, Kiff dinner. He was talking about the bikes he had when he was younger. When I he used to race, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the, I think that's the magic about bicycle riding. Is so many of us have experienced it on different levels. You may not been going down a handrail, jumping downstairs, yeah. but that feeling, that freedom you get. That that like joy and excitement you get when you're riding a bike super fast, like down like like down the street. I like it. It's 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 yeah. It's 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 everything. It's just one of a kind feeling, man. So the fact that we start to see hip hop um, and fashion starting to embrace bicycle riding, action sports, man. That's that's super dope to me. Like it's super fire, man. You can even pull up on YouTube. There's certain clips you got. Pharrell like. Riding around on bicycles, like doing tricks, like stand, standing up on like, the top tube and whatnot. You know what I mean? Like to see that, to see what like Wayne is doing, man. To see to see these guys participate is dope because we are fans of them, and now they're starting to become fans of us. You know? It's, yeah, it's incredible to watch. Uh, so for that that BMX rider that that's eighteen, seventeen, like, you've watched the space go from a space where not many eyes are on it to mm-hmm. a space where it's become super super lucrative. Your route is kind of is untraditional, right? Unconventional, Extreme. where it's like you focus on the brand, not going to a contest. But as more money and more brands come into it, I see them doing, there's more X Games now. I'm like, there's a Winter's X Games, there's a mm-hmm. Summer Street X Games. Would the route be, hey, maybe try to compete and build your brand at the same time? Or what would you advise the, the younger rider that's about to begin his career? Do what works for you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I took a, a, a very, non-traditional route in a non-traditional sport mm-hmm. and like made it work right that's not the only way to do it there's other ways to go about it i'll say the most important thing this is with anything is to be consistent you know what i mean like my goal was always to kill them all year every year i wanted to just <laughs> drive moments you know what i mean whether again it's a content or whether it's a product whether it's an event we're doing no matter what it is i just want to stay active and be consistent and I feel like being consistent for all of these years has me has led me to where I'm at now. You know, where um where I'm collaborating with again some of the biggest brands in the world. I'm able to live out my imagination. Like literally, like anything I could think of right now, it's a way, there's a will, I could figure it out. Mm-hmm. I was going through one of my old notepads um a few days ago, I was cleaning out my storage unit, and I found notes from like 2014 of me talking about the ghost series. I'm like, what am I gonna do with it? And I read it. It gave me chills, bro, to see that, like, I accomplished, like, all these things that I envisioned. You know what I mean? But, again, it was about being consistent. It was about having that vision and taking it step by step. Like, nothing happens overnight. You know, like, legit, like, it's a marathon. 
you know what I mean? Like, and I realized it was going to be a marathon, like a few years into my career, this is not going to happen overnight for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We speak about how like when I'm coming up, a lot of these social media platforms weren't even a thing yet. Right. <laughs> you right. know, like, like I was ahead of that. Like watching these guys, like, y'all got it easy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, y'all got it so good. You go out, you can film on your phone. You don't need a whole film crew. You could throw it up right now. You know what I mean? Like I had to figure out these different things and, and transition with how social media was working and how media in itself was operating, you know? But again, like even through all of those changes, it was about being consistent. Mm. Like that consistency, man, is everything, you know? So you have any mentors in like business or in the sport now currently, or, you know, just in life that are help guiding you through navigating, you know, this is a good deal. Don't do this. You know, watch how you do this. Different things of nature. Like, do you have an OG or, you know, somebody that you look up to in, in, in the space? I do. Um, Again, I've been very fortunate to to have relationships with a lot of now CMOs of certain brands, you mm. know what I mean? And like having these guys in my corner, right? Um, been amazing. Having these like an amazing team around me, you know what I mean? I'm signed to a bunch of a few different agencies and like having a solid team around me that the decisions that I'm making, it's not just me like, oh, I wanna do this, I wanna do it. No, we discuss everything, you know? Um, my day ones are still around me. Which your friends, your friends, my friends. Yeah. What do, they, what do they do? Oh, my boy Ralphie. He's head of all content for, for me and everything right now. So he's so he's with me all the time. Uh, some of my other boys, they got like quote unquote like regular jobs. I guess you want to say, you know, yeah, what or I mean? they they just they don't necessarily work with you. Yeah, they just, but they just they're doing consult, their thing. They consult yeah. you. It's just like it's a place I can go to where it's for advice. I can get sound advice. You know, mm-hmm. people who actually know me, care about me who see me come up in this journey, you know what I mean? Um, so again, having good people around you, you know, we go, we go back to speaking about relationships and how important it is to foster relationships. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like those are like, those are super important to me, you know, very, very valuable for me. How, how, how much time do you spend on your craft coming up and now? Like how, how many hours were you actually practicing when you want to come up and how much time do you actually dedicate to still practice now? Um, my business has changed, right? So of course, when I'm younger, and the only thing I was focused on was riding my bicycle every mm-hmm. day. You know what I mean? Like now I still ride all the time, but it's a little different. I have to now allocate energy and time to other things, right? Like coming up with a design or coming up with an idea for a piece of content doesn't happen overnight. You got to sit down and actually work on that. At least I do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but I always say like, I've put my 10,000 hours in 10 times and still counting. You know what I mean? I'm still learning, still practicing, still sharpening my sword, all in the pursuit of being great. So like, cause I, I just I always, I'm just interested to know how different people, how, you know, how they work. Mm-hmm. Cause I used to play basketball. So like, I know like I, I used to wake up and play basketball and then like work out like mm-hmm. lift weights and then run and then right. play summer league tournaments. So it was literally like eight o'clock in the morning to eight mm-hmm. o'clock at night, sometimes yeah. like all day. So I was just interested to know, like when you were on the, like, was it two hours? Was it six hours? Was it just, we just out? We just we out all day. All day. We all day. <laughs> right. We, we out, we out all day. Cause like, it was also, it's like a lifestyle sport, right? Where it's like the guys that I was riding with are actually my friends. 
you know, so we would <laughs> so it's, go it's not, ride. It's not so much as a practice. It's just, it's more like freestyle. You just riding. You're not like doing drills. Like Yeah, like we're not like, I'm not saying, well, I need to go do 50 bunny hops yeah. right now. <laughs> like that's not the case. It's more like we got to go to the skate park. Got to get up to going. five feet there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like you only have four and a half, man. Got to get up to a five. Well, yeah. no, it, it wasn't like that. No, because it's interesting because that's how most sports are. Right, right, right. right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like most sport, you run track, you, you're you running a hundred right. sprints. You mm -hmm. play basketball, you got to get a thousand jump shots right. up. Like, you know, so your sport is interesting because I never even realized that. Like, you, yeah. you're not technically, you, you never really practice. You're just freestyling. It's, 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 I wouldn't say we don't never really practice because say I'm going to go out and like do this trick that I've never done before and say it's like a four trick combo. You work, you're going to work. I'm going to go work combo. each part of that combo yeah. and then I'm going to get to the spot where I'm ready to go film it and then put it all together, right? Like, like right then and there and film it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so again, like we're not going to the, to the park and saying, y'all need, I got to do a hundred tail whips, but I'm going to go to the park and do a bunch of tails. So I feel good with it where I know I can do it on command. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's that, it's that, it's that repetition over and over and over practice until you get it to the point where like you can do it one take every single time. Is there a trick? You know, like they used to say like the big kahuna was the wave to ride mm -hmm. and then skateboarding it was like, if somebody could do a 720, right, that would that. be incredible until somebody does a 720. Is there like that that trick that the BMX riders are like, you know, if anybody can pull that off, they're gonna be the greatest? That, no, but like this, cause there's so many different tricks that hasn't been done yet. Okay. That's like, there's not just this one trick where like, if you do this, it's like the ultimate. It doesn't work like that. You know what right. I mean? Cause like nowadays, like we're linking four or five different tricks together in like one like run, you know? The triple hands. Right. You handle bar spin, spin manual, <laughs> grind, manual, bar spin. It's like some video, it's like, it's like video games now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and each of those have a different kind of level of difficulty. And then you can do them regular, you can do them switch. I would define that as like writing with your right hand and then writing with your left hand. You know, so learning how to do tricks the other way, the unnatural way. So yeah, it's 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 not that where it's like that that like yeah. big wave, you ride this and like you're the But <laughs> even like what back to what, what Shadi was saying, it's interesting, right? Like when he was doing that, he's practicing to craft uh his skill. But it's also conditioning it. Hundred percent. So like, how how do you train for like when you're right? Like, or is it just naturally that I'm outside, so I'm, yeah, I'm you're, right? not, you're naturally outside. You so know? you just that's that's the training. Yeah, because like any given day, I'm riding at least 30, 40 miles without even thinking about Whew. it. And then the tricks on top of that, right? So I might go in, I might go to the skate park, and I might just go hard for like two hours, like nonstop. Yeah. Like that's the conditioning itself. You know what I mean? Like, cause you got distance, you're lifting a bike up. A lot of ab work. It's, it's a lot of core work. It's, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, the bike has always been the workout for me. You know what I mean? There was certain parts of my career where after injury, I got into the gym and I worked on like certain things just to get stronger again. But a lot of times it's just, it's just riding. Where do you see the future of the sport going? Like, where do you see it? It's limitless, man. I feel like the sport's in a weird place right now, right? Like we're lacking like traditional BMX media, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like we don't have many like BMX focused outlets. I was gonna say, cause the ESPN, they don't really cover it too much these Not days. Not at all. Not at, see, so it's even like that, right? Where like compared to like a basketball or football, hockey, whatever, like we don't got Stephen A talking about, oh, did you see the bar spin that Nigel just did? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're not covering it like that. Cause again, it's just, it's a, it's a, a neat sport. 
Is that because there's been a decline in viewership? Because they used to. ESPN. They, 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 ESPN would normally cover it only when X Games came around. That's yeah. one time a year. Yeah. Then they you put too I mean? many channels. Now you don't know when. You X, don't know what's going what on. What channel X Games is on. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. And then even that, again, so this is something I realized too. X Games is a TV show and they need to get viewers. So they're only going to put the most like viewed like sports on for that hour, an hour and a half block they have. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point in time, like, it was like, well, it kind of turned into like a circus in a sense, where it's like we have this mega big ramp that the like the riders are riding. It's like this fifty foot ramp. Yo, I'm just scared to even like, how do you even go down that? Yeah, like, that thing is this is nervous, man. <laughs> like, and like at that point in time, I was like, well, I don't ride mega ramps. Like, what are you finding a mega ramp in the hood? Like, like kids can't even relate to it. It's yeah. just again, it turned into like a circus in a sense, and it started it started to not highlight. Like the my style of BMX riding, like street riding, as much I started to highlight what's going to get the most views, and you started to see certain guys who depended on the X Games started mm. to lose deals, not be as relevant anymore, because you're depending on this third party entity for how far you can go. That's also for me where like, when I realized that I was like, okay, I don't care about that. And yeah. It also contributed to me like, you know what? I'm gonna just do my thing over here. I'm gonna use social media because I can control it, and I'm gonna bubble up that way. I'm gonna use YouTube. I'm gonna use the internet. But you, know you said I don't want. I didn't mean to distract you. But you said that it's, it's in a weird space right now because there's not a lot of mainstream media. Right. So not a lot of mainstream media talking about it. Also, like we don't have like those BMX like only media outlets, right? Like the biggest magazine we had, it got acquired by a, a bigger company and then they dissolved it. You know, like we have certain websites and whatnot, um, but there's not like those big media outlets that are really talking about BMX and like pushing it out, you know? So how do you, how do we, how do we fix this? How do we get it more visible? We need, we need people that are passionate about covering BMX athletes and the sport of BMX. Do we need more, do we need more notable figures? We need, we need, we need that too, right? Like we have some amazing BMX athletes around the world. These guys are incredible, right? Young kids coming up, they're fire. You know, but they still need time to develop and build their brand. Right. You know, and you you get it. You know what it is, right? Like you may be one of the best bike riders in the world, right? But you have to care about that as well. You know what I mean? Like a lot of things that people have seen me do throughout my career, I cared about those other things. You know what I mean? Like I cared about being in the ESPN body issue or I cared about being on like a Forbes list or any of these things. Like these things that I like care about, care about going to Paris with Fashion Week. You know what I mean? And like collaborating with certain fashion brands doing these things so it's i feel it's like it's not just one thing it's a mixture of things that's gonna need to happen to take the sports like that next level you sure. know what i care about what's that sneakers love sneakers i know you care about it as well <laughs> can we talk about the bike here right. i don't think i've ever seen nike take the n off their shoe before man that was I, a big what one. was that conversation like <laughs> what's the status with it i told you in paris i said yo in order for us to do this interview you gotta at least <laughs> gotta have them on the table <laughs> you gotta at least have them on the table i didn't say like i need you to have them here. i'm just saying that they could be on the table you should have hit me last night like yo bring this kicks i would have brought them with me bro <laughs> hey, what, what, what happened how, how did this happen, right? Because when I saw a bike here, I was like, oh, he took it to a different level. Man. He took um, the end off of it. That was... The bike here is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, we think, we think about Nike as a brand, as this incredible institution, right? 
And we've seen classics come out of Nike as far as sneakers, clothes, whatever, commercials, all these different things. But to have the opportunity to take the N off and put a B there. And like, who better to do it than me? You know what I mean? It's perfect. It was, it was a moment. Um, and I think we do got some more bike air stuff coming out. Uh, we'll see. But um, yeah, it was, it was one of those things where it was a legit dream come true. You know what I mean? I remember watching some of those classic commercials, right? Whether it's like the Jordan Spike joints or whether it's that one like and one mixtape inspired commercial oh. with bouncing the ball and yeah, they made the beat. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And you see some of the stuff like, Again, like these classic images of Dion and, and, and Nikes and LeBron and Kobe and all these amazing people, man. Like, it's such a rich heritage. So to be able to contribute to that with delivering Bike Air, man, it's, again, it's it was a groundbreaking moment. Were they accepting of it, the idea, at first? Yeah, they was with it. Right away. <laughs> it was That's crazy. It. it was one of those, like, it was, it was with it enough to be like, cool, we're going we gonna to try it and put it on there and see yeah. what happens, you know? Um, and then the response from it. That was, that's what really took it over the top, right? You know what I mean? Like to have people from all different walks of life wanting to have a Nike that says bike on it, you know? It's perfect. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's perfect, bro. You know? Yeah, friends and family. So hopefully after this, <laughs> you know, we become part of that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get those kicks, man. And even like to do, to do bike air on this silhouette that we did it on on the airship yeah. right this is the first shoe that jordan wore when he came into the league before the jordan one yeah you know so like that like that shoe tells a story of proving yourself of beginnings um so to put bike air something that's brand new that's a, that's just starting on that silhouette um it's again it goes back to like that storytelling you know well it's been an honor my brother so what do you have coming up? What do you want to make the people aware of? What's any announcements, anything like that? <laughs> nah, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the element of surprise. You're right. So like, of course you're going to know I'm, I'm working, right? We're always cooking up. Um, it's just, I'm just wired like that. You know what I mean? But I like to have people just wake up one morning and go on the ground and be like, what is he doing now? Like, <laughs> like how did this happen? But, um, but no, overall we got, we got some content coming up. Um, we got some more stuff with, with the foundation that I'm, I'm really excited about. It's going to be, it's going to be dope. We got like, more product coming. We're going to just keep pushing. Yeah. As you were talking, I thought of a brand that has been hurting over the past two years. Who that? That's involved with bikes. And not in the way that you are, but imagine you being on a ride, Peloton. Like imagine, like you said, you rode 40 miles. Like we've right. been, like we've run on a Peloton. I'm like, this thing's ridiculous. But imagine if they had you as a, as a guest riding on that. Peloton, holla, holla. It's as simple as that. <laughs> that yeah. they, they need, they need, to, they need some help over there. Nah, yeah. like question, like, do you have a Peloton? I do. Do you use it often? I do. Not as often as I would like to, but I do right, use, but it. You use it. And yeah. like, how's the experience? It's cool. Um, there's like a bunch of trainers that you can go go with. Mm. I usually ride with Alex. Okay. Uh, and he because he plays hip hop music. Right, right. So I would imagine you being on there playing the hip hop music. And I mean, you, you can change the settings on there. You can change the resistance. You can change right. the speed. But just having guest people come on there to be holla, like, Alex, man, yeah, Alex, holla. <laughs> 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 now it was, it was funny because we were we put, we posted a meet in Barcelona earlier. I think last no late last year because we both um were signed to Smartwater and we okay. did, like did this commercial like this global commercial in Barcelona and he shot the day before me and left. Oh. So we, like, we just miss each other, but um, 
Might have to holler at Alex and see what's cracking. That's right. I earn your leisure link out. There we go. I'll take 10%. As you should. Listen, energy is not free at all, bro. That's the new shirt. Energy is not free. It's not free, man. So That's a fact. Nah, it's been a pleasure, my brother. Nah, thank you. Definitely look forward to linking. Nah, of course. And any collab that we can do, you know, wish you best of luck. And everything that you got going on, definitely follow your journey. Continue to follow your journey. And keep paving the way. Keep being a trailblazer. It's important Absolutely. for people to see uh, representation. Um, it's extremely important. And, you know, you, that's that's probably one of the biggest things that you can do is inspire somebody. Mm. So, you know, keep doing that. You never know who who's impacted. That part. You, you never know? know who's watching, man. That's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. Real, that's a fact. You never know, man. So. We appreciate you. you know, we support you. And uh, thank you guys for rocking with us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.